The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Gary Stokin. He's the CEO of the Peach Bowl. And Ole Miss is in contention to go to the Peach Bowl. Sugar Bowl, too, depending on what happens in the SEC Championship game, assuming that it's Alabama and Georgia. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and for on 3com Brad, what's up? What's up, Ben? I have to apologize for my voice. I'm I lost my voice at the game, and I'm just now recovering it, as I'm sure many other other Rebel fans did as well. How was the Grove? It was so afterwards. It was I mean, it was so late. We ended up getting out of there, but all day we got there pretty early. And I've got to give a shout out to my to my tailgate. Um, we were we're posed Catfish Shack, and I, I would I would put us up there versus anybody. I think we have a good time. We have Todd Wade. A um, bunch of people in there that, that people recognize, and uh, it was cool. Romero Miller was there, Chris Collins, um, Timothy Strickland came by, which is really cool to get to talk to him. A couple former players always come by there, Poe himself as well. Man, I'm missing out. A lot of fun, a lot of fun in, in that tailgate. I got to show up. Every time Poe comes into town, we guarantee ourselves, we promise each other that we're going to go get a drink or do something, and we're such bad friends, we never do. So I guess I just got to come to the tailgate. Man, I'll tell you what, Poe is um, – Hey, I played with Poe for a long time. I'm sure many people know him, but that dude is just like such a a ball of it. You know, when you see Poe, man, he yes. always has the best attitude. Yes. Like he knows he's the man. Like Poe is just an awesome freaking dude, man. Like he is. Um, he needs to be doing something important for our school. I don't know what it is, but um, when you see Drill Poe, man, he makes you feel like a million bucks. He's got a great attitude. Funny dude. Um, man, I, I love Poe. Poe's an awesome dude. I love that guy. Good friend of the pod, too. He's been on this pod countless times before. When you talk to Poe, it's just different. It's like that Family yep. Guy skit, that bit they do about the hype man that just follows you around and hypes you up. That's Poe. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you just super want to follow charming, Super yeah. charming dude, man. I feel like he, he can sweet talk his way into anything in this world. He's that guy. He's the hype man. All right, well, Ole Miss is turning the page now from Texas A&M to Vanderbilt. I'm trying to find myself... Something to latch on to to get hyped for Vanderbilt. I'm really struggling right now. Yeah, I mean, but listen, man, I I know Vanderbilt's bad this year. Let's just put it. Let's just throw that out there. They are. They they've had some bad some bad games, but the last couple of weeks they've actually scored some points. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it is an SEC school, and it and it you know that this would be a good week for us to come out there and get a big league and get some guys some some rest, especially on a short week. Uh, which is very important. So uh, I think that um, that's what you'll see. And it's a, it's a good chance for us to line up and um, let's get the line working. Let's get, let's get, let's run the crap out of the ball versus them. And let's try to shorten this game, but shorten it in a good way. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly an SEC game. You can't go, go in there all flat and, and let these guys have any hope. So 
Um, yeah, it's certainly one we should win. But I think when you look at the, the history of Ole Miss versus Vanderbilt, it still gives you that weird feeling, man. Like I'm used to like the Vandy that we knew growing up where mm-hmm. like you mess around and lose to them a couple of times and, and they end up only winning three, four games. So um, I'm sure they'll be ready. They'll be ready to go. I, I, I don't like that it's at night. I wish they scheduled this thing at 11. Um, so that way it gives them some some time after the game to, to start the recovery process for state. But um, it is what it is. We'll go out there, take care of business, and um, you know, hopefully some of the young guys get some reps at some point. What's your opinion about playing Mississippi State on Thanksgiving night? I hate it. I mean, I don't mind it, man. I mean, that's just kind of what I knew growing up. It was always, um, you know, we always had some Thanksgiving. Always got to watch the Egg Bowl. I don't mind it at all. Um, I don't like the fact we're playing a night game before it, though. That's That, that makes it pretty tough. I wish we would have played a day game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's part of the game, man. I mean, it's been going on forever. I play, I mean, I was always on a team that played on Thanksgiving in the NFL too, which is, which is brutal. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm indifferent on it. I don't, I don't mind either way. I just, I just really enjoy the game and, and, um, enjoy the egg bowl in general. Do players care? Um, I don't think so, man. I mean, in the NFL, we didn't care. It was, you know, honestly, you play that game and you get a longer weekend. So it was like, Hey, I get to knock one out on Sunday turn around, knock one out on Thursday. And then I get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So um, and then I felt you don't get many days off. So that was actually nice to, to get out there and get a few off. So um, yeah, I, I don't think they, they care. They care as much um, yeah, as people would think. Well, I'd heard that Ole Miss wasn't planning to do a Heisman campaign for Matt Corral. And then they come out on the official Ole Miss Twitter account and put up a video pumping up Matt Corral for Heisman earlier this week or maybe after the Texas A&M game, because it's only Tuesday here. He's plus 500, according to the latest odds that I've seen off of Vegas Insider, to win the Heisman. And you know that Lane Kiffin wants to get that for him, or at least get him to New York, have a real shot at it. But to do that, he has to finish with a flurry, because with all the injuries, and his own injury too, it's really slowed down his Heisman chances, if you will. So going into this game on Saturday, you expect almost to win, and win pretty convincingly. I think right now, Vanderbilt's like, 34-point dogs to Ole Miss. And I'm not sure yeah. the line hasn't moved up since the line came out, minus 34. If Lane Kiffin wants to get that for Matt Corral, if Matt Corral really wants to get back in that conversation, even though I think he should be in that conversation no matter what. Like, you can't convince me that Bryce Young deserves it more than Matt Corral or that Kenneth Walker or C.J. Stroud deserves it more than Matt Corral. Who means more to his team than anybody else? It's Matt Corral. It's not even close. Yeah. So Matt Cross should be in that discussion, but we know that it's going to be an uphill climb for him to get there. So assuming that that's the case, how long does Matt Crow play on Saturday? Yeah, I think I don't think they're going to look at it that way. I think they're going to just just judge it off based off where the game is. Um, he's going to go out there and get his stats in the first half, one hundred percent. He's going to have some pretty good stats. Um, but you know, if, if we get into halftime and we're up forty-five to three or something, we would be stupid to run it back out there in the third quarter. Uh, um, I mean, that's that, that just wouldn't even be smart at all, especially since we have a game on Thursday. So um, I think it's just going to be based off how the game's going. And, um, you know, you're going to try to give him his stats while he's in there. But um, if, if that's if that's not, if that doesn't happen, um, and we're winning big, then, you know, I think you get him out of there. I think you do what's best for the team. And um, they know what's coming when they go to Starville. So, you know, I think you get him out of there as quick as possible. I just want to see him get a really nice game in yardage wise get back to those early season games where he's just putting up video game numbers get yeah, in and out you want him you know out by like the middle of the third quarter but still I, I thought we were gonna i thought he was gonna have that versus a&m that first half was pretty pretty impressive was, he almost yeah. hit that one to um to pearson that's yeah, that when you knew he was banged up 
That's when you can tell yeah. that he's not feeling completely right because Jacor Pearson was wide open. He missed that. And it's because he can't plant. He can't plant on that hurt ankle. Yeah, I think that's that. That's really. I mean, I think Matt Corral is the best player in college football. I really do. I think the injuries have have obviously slowed him down a little bit, um, which has hurt his stats. But if you take Matt Corral off of this football team, man, I mean, you're you're talking about a team that's that's about to be nine and two to a team that that would be fighting for bowl eligible eligibility potentially. That's how good he has been with this team. And to me, that's what that's what symbolizes symbolizes the Heisman Trophy winner. But you know, for whatever reason, they're going to probably just judge it off stats and all that. But um, man, Matt's, Matt's just the, the engine on this team that, um, he makes them multiple games better. It's going to be the second time in Ole Miss history that it has a Heisman finalist that deserves to win over the rest of the field that he's going up against and doesn't win because Eli Manning had no business losing to Jason White, no business. And Matt Crow will have no business losing to Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, whoever it is, Kenneth Walker, whoever it is, if he doesn't win, they don't look at the situations themselves. If you took Matt Corral and put him at Alabama, this wouldn't even be a debate. Wouldn't even be discussion. You see that feeling towards Ole Miss permeate throughout any discussion that you have. It can be about the Heisman. It can be about head coaching opportunities. Lane Kiffin, will he stay? Won't he stay? And you and I both believe that Lane Kiffin is going to stay. But Paul Feinbaum is talking on a podcast on Monday. And he's very flippant in regards to the future, long-term future of Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Do I think there's a ticking clock on Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin? Yes, I do. But I don't think it's this year. Feinbaum acts as if he's going to leave tomorrow. In Feinbaum's words, he can win easier at an LSU or a Florida over Alabama. That's what he said. Can I beat Alabama, get enough to beat Alabama at Ole Miss? I can do that at LSU, Florida. That didn't make a lot of sense to me because mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze proved that you could beat Alabama here. And I still contend, fully healthy and a game script not gone poorly, Ole Miss is going to hang with Alabama this year. It was just a bad game script. So the idea that you can't win big at Ole Miss or that Lane Kiffin can't get everything he wants at Ole Miss, this is a unique opportunity, Lane Kiffin. We've covered this a lot. But this is a very unique opportunity, the way it fits him and his brand. He's bigger than the school. He really is. It's a perfect marriage because if he goes to LSU, if he goes to USC, back to USC, or if he goes anywhere – that's established like that, considered by the fine bombs of the world, the blue bloods, he's not going to get that same type of constant attention, that national exposure that he gets at Ole Miss because it's the perfect marriage of school that wants consistent national relevancy and a head coach that likes to be in the spotlight all the time. At LSU, LSU is its own spotlight. Florida is its own spotlight. USC its own spotlight. Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin make sense because Ole Miss – is quite content to give way to the spotlight for Lane Kiffin. It's happy to prop him up in that branding opportunity that he wants. So the idea that Lane Kiffin has to go to LSU to be Lane Kiffin and win or has to go to a bigger place other than Ole Miss is just preposterous. Now, if you want to talk about Lane Kiffin leaving because that's what he does, I'm all ears because I agree with that. But this flippant attitude of, oh, Ole Miss just isn't that big of a job or it can't win on the level of these other schools is just ridiculous. It's a top 20 job. Yeah, ask Dan Mullen how that's going. I mean, it's – listen, everybody used to say that about Dan Mullen. Hey, when he leaves Mississippi State, he's going to go somewhere and he'll win right. national championship. Well, it don't always work out like that. And Ole Miss is a school that you can win a national championship at. I firmly believe that. We've beaten Alabama with a, with a lot less than what they've had before. And – um, you know, we've, we've never, really never had a coach like Kiffin who can bring in some of the talent that, that I think he's going to attract and this staff can attract. 
And um, you, he gets the right guys in here. He's already shown you what he can do with what he got now. Um, he keeps getting the right guys in here. Ole Miss can very, very much so support a national championship type of um, team and coach. So, you know, I think this is the perfect place for him. He can be himself a lot more. Um, you know, he probably have a lot more control than he'll have at some of those bigger institutions. I know I've heard rumblings of Tennessee, Florida, having a lot of, a lot of pull, you know, uh, on what actually goes on, you know, in the, in the athletic department. Um, Kiffin's in the perfect spot, man. It's the place that he can make his own and, um, and turn into a, to a, to a national powerhouse. I mean, Ole Miss, Ole Miss can do it. I mean, they, they have the backing now. They have the right people in place. That whole theory of it needing to go somewhere bigger is, is in my opinion, inaccurate now. We'll get right back to former Ole Miss offensive lineman and eight-year NFL vet Bradley Sal with Gary Stoken, Peach Bowl CEO, coming up on the Modern Woman phone line after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lane Kiffin is a brand unto himself, and a lot of that has to do with what he does online with Twitter or any type of social media. 
He's always a popular national media, be it radio or television personality, to bring on as a guest. And even more than that, the transfer portal is college football free agency. That's what it is. Yep. And you no longer have to go to LSU or USC or Florida or wherever and sign the top five classes in the country, Notre Dame. You just pick your school that always finishes in the top five, top ten nationally. You don't really have to do that anymore. The way you think about recruiting rankings need to change. The way you think about recruiting in general needs to change. You're the Ole Miss fan. Worried about where Ole Miss is ranked and the team rankings or the player rankings or this, that, and the other. Ole Miss is a team and program philosophically that is prioritizing the transfer portal. And right now, they don't have any spots on this roster. It's a hard-capped 85 again. It was expanded by the NCAA in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, that's changed. Now it's back to a hard-capped 85. You can sign 32. And let's just, for the sake of this discussion, say that Ole Miss is going to sign its full 32. We both agree they're going to sign double-digit transfers. Let's say they sign 10. Well, now you're at 22. Maybe a kid or two or three that you're expecting to leave doesn't leave because they exercise that extra year of eligibility. Chance Campbell, Otis Reese, three of them. Now you're down to 19. You're going to have significant attrition, but you're already limited to a number that you typically don't have. Typically, it's 25 to 32. Now you're at 19. So you wonder about Bryson Hurst, and you worry about Marquez Dortch. Marquez Dortch and Ole Miss were parting ways since July. That was not a surprise. Bryson Hurst, I get mixed messaging when I ask people about him. Some say it was a mutual parting like Marquez Dorch. Others say, no, it was a surprise and Ole Miss wants him. I don't know what to think about that. I do know that Ole Miss believes it's close. I don't have a name, but it's close with an offensive line portal target. And that's what it is now. And you and I have always talked about this all year over and over and over. We talked about it in the Blue Delta Jeans postgame show after the win over Texas A&M on Sunday. What are their most significant additions that are contributing to the roster this year? Portal guys, Chance Campbell, Mark Robinson, Otis Rees, Jake Springer, Dean Leonard, Tavius Robinson, Orlando Umana. Pick your guy. So the idea that you have to go to one of these schools if you can, like an LSU, because that's the school that always signs the top five class. Like at LSU, it's only competing with LSU for Louisiana targets. Yeah, Alabama's going to poach one or two, but really it's got a built-in 15 guys that's going to sign out of Louisiana that are blue chippers. You don't have that in Mississippi. You have three schools, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and to a much lesser extent, but still Southern Miss to contend with. It's not like that in Mississippi like it is for LSU. But because of the transfer portal and how you can completely remake your defense or your offense, just your roster in general overnight, seemingly, you can win at Ole Miss in the same way you can win at those other places. Ole Miss is 12-3 and three in its last 15 games. And still, the fine bombs of the world want to talk about how Ole Miss is a stepping stone of some kind or be flippant in regards to what Ole Miss can be. That's silly. It's a top 20 job and has the potential to be better. There are very few jobs that can pay $7.5 million that Ole Miss is willing to pay, if not $8 million to keep Lane Kiffin. So is he going to go to Miami, which has no crowd support, is not anywhere close to what it used to be, is not going to pay nearly the money that Ole Miss will pay? $7.5 million? No. You mean to tell me he's going to leave $7.5 million on the table to go make 3 and a half at Miami? 
The more and more I think about it and play it out in my mind, the more convinced I am that not only will Lane Kiffin be here next year, but maybe for a little bit longer than many anticipate. Now, could he leave tomorrow? Of course he could. Of course he could. These are coaches, man. They're mercenaries. They're always looking to move. And Lane Kiffin is at the, is at the head of that list. He's at the head of the line as far as coaches that are always looking to move. He's an habitual flirter. But the idea that you can't win at Ole Miss has been squashed time and time again. And in 2021, we're still having this discussion. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit where we are in college football now. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, listen, he is, um, you know, you're right. He's, he's always going to be wanted. That's just kind of his thing. But, man, I, th- I think he's in a great situation here. Like I said earlier, he um, you know, you get, he lands the right people in the transfer portal. And, and with his offense and the way he's performing, people are going to want to come here. That's what people got to realize, man. Like a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of what people choose now is scheme and, and, and getting the right opportunity. You know, if you're a tight end, a quarterback, you know, you're going to want to come to Ole Miss. Like, you know, so I think that, that this, this, he can make this place attractive by just who he is. So not to mention, once they come on campus and see what everything, you know, what the community offers, what Ole Miss offers, it sells itself. But as long as, as long as we have Lane Kiffin, you know, I think that, um, you know, getting guys here and um, is not going to be a problem. And, you know, as he's getting guys here and keeps winning, it's only going to get better and better. And, you know, his thing is, you know, his schemes and, and the way he coaches, you know, he can, he's been taking what he has all year and the whole time he's been here and making it very, very serviceable and very competitive. So, you know, I think this is a place he can win. And the more, the more he's here and the more talent that he gets coming, um, Ole Miss will be a premier job and you can't commit, convince me otherwise. I think it's a premier job right now. Do I think it's Alabama? No. Do I think it's LSU? No. Florida? No. But it's top 20. And it's not particularly debatable. It is top 20. Yep. Now, Ole Miss has to figure out the NIL side of things. That is a problem. Now, individually, they're fine with certain players. But from an overall infrastructure standpoint, they're just not there. They rolled out on Monday, did Ole Miss, on its official site, a plan, I guess, or just their roadmap for what NIL will be at Ole Miss. So that's a good first step. But it feels like Ole Miss is playing a little bit of catch-up right now. So that is something that has to get resolved. But the idea that Ole Miss is sitting on its laurels here, that it's not trying to rectify any problems like NIL, like facilities, it's doing everything. It's responding and answering the bell for everything that not only Lane Kiffin wants, but that Ole Miss fans want. And Ole Miss fans are starting to return the favor, too. The Texas A&M atmosphere was unbelievable. Now, I think Vanderbilt will be a real great test for that. How back is it? Because Vanderbilt is a bad team. It's not the same kind of environment or opponent that was Texas A&M. It's not going to be the same amount of official visitors or star-studded visitors that were on campus for Texas A&M for Vanderbilt. But it is senior night. This is a team that has the opportunity to finish with the first 10-win regular season in Ole Miss history. That's never happened before. Now, they could lose to Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. They're not going to lose to Vanderbilt. But I think this is a good test, and I'm curious what you think about this too, how Ole Miss fans are responding to their program being back in the place that had them so excited in 2013, 14, 15, 16, before everything kind of fell apart. And I, and I think it's one thing, this is Matt Corral's last home game in, in Oxford. So, um, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, I'm hoping people want to come out and see him and support those guys, especially the seniors. And um, you're right. I mean, I just think it's been a tough situation altogether. Um, you know, COVID kind of, kind of opened up the door for a lot of things um, positively and negatively when it comes to, to stadiums and, and attendance and all that. And, you know, but, but I'm hoping that, you know, this is about as exciting as Ole Miss football can get right now. And I'm hoping that, that everybody is willing to come and, 
and support the team and, and get the stadium back backfield and, and load it, you know, all things considered. Um, you know, I think last week was, was extremely awesome. Um, that I was talking to my dad about how it felt like, you know, that when we made that interception in the game, it felt like the 03 LSU game when we had the, the opening interception, you know, it was celebrating people were rocking all over the place. The stadium was loud. It felt like the old miss that I know the old miss that I remember as a kid. So, um, yeah, you know, I think, I think if, you know, if COVID doesn't happen, we probably never in this situation. Um, with the, with the fans and all that, but you know, I, I think that um, you know having them come out this week will be very important, especially to see Matt crowds and support this team. Um, especially, I mean, yeah, I think man, there's not many times in our lifetime where where we witness a team this good. Where will Matt Corral finish for you, as far as the greatest Ole Miss quarterbacks ever? Man, I think he's I think he's for sure top five. Um, you know, it's it's just hard because all of them played such different offenses, but you know, really. You know, there there's so many of them that I've been favorites of. But yeah, I think you go Chad Kelly, um, Eli, Matt Corral are, are certainly, you know, in that conversation. You have um, you know, some other ones that didn't put up crazy stats, but I love Romero Miller. I love, you know, there's a lot of guys that played have been good quarterback. I mean, Bowl. obviously Archie. Yeah, I mean that's that's obviously Does Archie, it always but. start with Archie or does it start with someone else for you? Because for me it kind of starts with Chad Kelly. And I'm hesitant to say that, but I stand by it. Yeah, Chad Kelly was freaking awesome, man. But these guys all played in different eras, man. Have you ever went and if you ever went and looked at Archie stats, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like, but they you got to think them, and they played in different offenses, different eras. Like, I was talking Archie, about that with somebody stats recently. So bad, yeah. Like if, Archie, if Archie had those stats now, he wouldn't even be a starter. Like, but it's just a different era, man. Like different, different type of, you know, different type of game. You know, well, yeah, I was talking I was, about that with somebody recently about Jeremiah Masoli because I feel like Jeremiah Masoli is one of the most underappreciated players in Ole Miss history. He would have been an absolute monster in offenses now. Jeremiah Masoli in this offense would be insane. And he saved yep. Houston Nutt and gave him another year because if not for Jeremiah Masoli, and you were on that team, you know this, if not for yep. Jeremiah Masoli, the year that happened after he left would have happened a year before that. Agree, agree. So I just talked about this with Chris Collins. Um, he was talking about how he used to have to rotate every series with um, with Bill Flowers, and they, they didn't you – know, they they came out a lot like they didn't get the same amount of amount of plays that the guys get now and um, you know the offense how it was like drop back and he was like man like I would have loved to play how they're playing now where they get to play till they're tired and get a ton of targets like, they played like, seventy no. plays in the first half I know I know Chris Collins just saying man I would I would have loved to see my stats playing now because he was fast I mean he's a good player but he was like man I just I look at those guys and I had to rotate every other series with. With Bill Flowers or one of the other guys, you know, you're, you're in a two wide receiver set most of the game, so you know you know you're not out there with four or five wide receivers like you are now and playing, you know, 100 plays in a game. So those guys are out there 30 plays a piece, and they're still he's still catching 70 something balls. So it's just a different era, different offense. Um, that's why it's so hard to judge the greatest of all time when it comes to players. I'm going to assign you some homework. I want Chris Collins on this podcast. Dud, we'll make it happen. That fires me up. That fires me up. I love Chris Collins. I'm not going to lie. I'll probably mark out a little bit because I dug Chris Collins, man. That was my dude. Yeah, he was a good player, man. It was cool. I got to meet Tim Strickland this week, too. It's his first time he's been back in in years, man. It was really cool. They actually reached out to him 
inviting him and his family down. And, and I just think that's really awesome. They're doing that now. I mean, those guys want to come. It's back. so important. You've been talking about so this important. on this podcast for a long time. Well, before you became the co-host, when you were just a regular guest, how Ole Miss, as far as outreach to former players had to get better. And that's another thing that Lane Kiffin in the marriage with Ole Miss that has blossomed beautifully. Because now all the former players want to be involved. They're coming back, and he's welcoming them back. He knows what it means to have the former players on the sidelines actively involved because that not only helps with recruiting, but your branding, too, as a nationally relevant program when you can roll out Patrick Willis and Dexter McCluster and all these players that just meant so much. Yeah, I agree, man. And it's um, you just never know where the connection is going to lie to, man. I mean, one of these guys could be coaching a guy or friends with a guy who has a kid that's playing. I mean, you just never know when it comes to outreach. Not to mention a lot of these guys, um, you know, they're on campus. Well, there's a former player that played here, and a, a recruit can hear his, uh, hear him, you know, his testament to the school and how they treated him and stuff. It means a lot to the family, you know, to to know, hey, if my kid comes to Ole Miss, you know, they're going to reach back out to him. They're going to take care of him. He's going to be actually be part of the family and not just sent off and never, never heard of him. There's guys that hadn't been back in years, but I'm talking like very good players, you know, and and hearing that, you know, Romero Miller had never met, you know. Patrick Willis, he never met someone really, really cool. He was like excited to meet some That's guys. insane like, like, to me. These guys should have met a long time ago. They're almost legends, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. You're starting to see more and more guys back every week. I'm excited to meet them. You know, from a business standpoint, we're all older guys now. Some of us do things that, that interlock. And, you know, I know Tim Lee Strickland has a business. And I was talking to him like, hey, man. Let me know how I can help you do do certain things. And, and also, I got this podcast I do called Talk of Champions, Tim, if you ever want to come on. That'd be great. I will, I will for sure. Re- the more guys I, I meet out there, I'll for sure reach out. And I think Chris Collins, we can get on here. Tim Lee Strickland, I know he was awesome, dude, man. Um, really, really, really good guy. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. Chris Collins, Tim Strickland. We got to get P. Willie on here. I reached out to Eli over the summer and got big timed, but I don't, I don't take it personally because I get it. I mean, <laughs> he's the most coveted guy pretty much everywhere right now as far as football in the NFL and college is concerned. But it's just interesting to think about Matt Corral playing his last home game at Ole Miss. And to think about how far he's come. Because yep. it wasn't so long ago that not only on this podcast, but everywhere, whenever Ole Miss football was discussed, there's a time where Matt Crow wasn't factoring into the future. And then Lane Kiffin is hired to replace Matt Luke after Matt Luke is fired and everything changes. And that includes Matt Corral, who becomes the face of your program. And now he's playing his last regular season game at Ole Miss because he's going to go to the NFL draft. That's going to happen. He's going to be a first-round pick. And on Saturday... According to Nick Suss, my buddy, who's a good friend of this podcast, he covers Ole Miss for the Jackson Clarion Ledger. Ole Miss players who plan to do senior day ceremony per the notes, the game notes for Ole Miss. Ben Brown, Mac Brown, Peyton Cox, Dontario Drummond, Lakia Henry, Jalen Jones, Dean Leonard, Hal Northern, Jacor Pearson, surprising. He's got an extra year of eligibility remaining. Tyrell Pegram, Mark Robinson. So Tyrell Pegram does exist. Crazy. Mark Robinson, Braylon Sanders, Momo Sonogo, Keydron Smith, Jake Springer, who doesn't have any eligibility remaining, C.J. Terrell, T. Tisdale, Orlando Umana, and Sam Williams. Notably absent, Otis Reese and Chance Campbell. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe they decided to come back. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that Pearson's doing it. I thought he, he would have another year. Um, he does. I wonder if he's doing it just in case. Because some guys do do that, right? Y'all did that. Yeah. Some of y'all did that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that you know, you do it just in case. Um, you know, I think I'm not sure if Bobby did it or not, but I know he was one of those guys who um, who, who was trying to do it. So yeah, I mean, I I think that um, 
you know, that, that, that does tell you a little something. Maybe they're, they are thinking about coming back, but, um, you know, Nick Broker's not doing it. And I would be surprised if he's back as well. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Can we read Broker, too much into that? Maybe a little bit, but I, I think Broker will be one of those guys who tests the water. Um, you know, he'll say, has he hurt his stock at all? No, I don't think so at all. I think, I think he's had a solid year where Broker's going to be really, um, valuable. See, I think he could play guard as well. I think he'll be a guy that can play both guard and tackle kind of like Royce just did. He's a similar type of guy. Um, I think he'll be one of those guys who's probably going to look at it like this. He's probably going to test the water and they're going to say, hey, if somewhere that third or fourth round grade comes back, you say, hey, maybe I come back and can be a first rounder. Or if you get a first or second round grade, he's probably gone. Oh, he's 100% gone. Chance yeah. Campbell's interesting because he's going to test the NFL draft waters, but his brother has been offered as a preferred walk-on for next year. He's a quarterback, but he's like Casey Kelly in that he could convert to tight end. He's got good hands, and that's a possibility. He hasn't accepted that preferred walk-on offer yet, but he's at least considering it, and they've always wanted to play together. I wonder, it might be a little bit of uh, fan casting here. I'm not acting like a fan or something, but it's a little bit of a fan fiction type of deal. Maybe, maybe they want to play together. Possibility. You never know. And I mean... He could be trying to do. I mean, I get, is he a grad transfer? Any or is he the actual portal transfer? He's a portal transfer from Maryland. Might Got be a it. grad transfer, but it doesn't matter anymore. A transfer is a transfer is a transfer. Yeah, I was thinking from from a, from a school standpoint, maybe he's trying to accomplish something, some kind of degree or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that's more important to him, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I would have to know his academic standing for that. But if if Chance Campbell came back, that's a huge piece. A really big piece, and it goes back to what we were talking about, about how the portal has changed all of college football in constructing rosters. It's the future of recruiting. How you think about recruiting needs to change, and how Wayne Kiffin and other coaches that might be considered for other jobs need to be considered with where they are. Because you don't think for a second that Ole Miss is going to go get a quarterback out of the portal? Absolutely. The Spencer Rattler speculation is real. Do I think he ends up at Ole Miss? I have no idea. But it's real. It's real. Ole Miss is a real landing spot, potentially, for Spencer Rattler. Miles Brennan has already been in communication with Ole Miss. South Carolina, too. Deion Smith from LSU also, like Miles Brennan, has to get in the portal. But there's too much smoke there about Ole Miss potentially landing Deion Smith if he enters the portal. If that happens, you're talking about potentially an offense of Spencer Rattler, Deion Smith, and let's say they land a running back out of the portal, too. They continue doing what they're doing right now. Nothing changes. The show rolls on. So the idea, this this old-fashioned throwback idea that you have to go somewhere else because that's where all the recruits go to, it's just silly. College football free agency is here, and it's changed everything. And Lane Kiffin got out in front of that very early. He said that in his opening press conference, not about the transfer portal, but how you look at recruiting and consider star rankings and all that stuff needs to change because he saw what the future was going to be. Tavius Robinson and Dean Leonard were immediately added once he got to Ole Miss. Well, waited to the summer, but as far as the roster, that was the first year of bringing anybody in. Dean Leonard, Tavius Robinson, those guys have mattered. And then it was Mark Robinson and Chance Campbell and Jake Springer, Otis Reese. Orlando Umana, Jordan Rhodes, is not going to stop there. And if you've had success, stands to reason that I'm going to keep going with the approach that's working, and it's working at Ole Miss. Yeah, think about this, Ben. We landed all those guys coming off the season where we essentially went five and five. 
what do you think it's going to be like if we end up going 10 and two or 11 and two? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and you got these kids that are, you know, they play their game. Think about this. You got a kid out there playing his game at one o'clock. He's sitting at home watching the Ole Miss A&M game, seeing all the Ole Miss is exciting right now. Ole Miss is exciting. And that, that quarterback out there, there's not getting to play his school. He's like, well, they're losing Matt Corral. I, I wouldn't mind going. You know, so I'm, I'm telling you, it's good. I wouldn't be surprised to see us land even better portal players this year based off of where we are now compared to where we were last year. I mean, you're coming here last year. You're only coming to a five and five team. You didn't know we were going to be this good. So now that you know what, what was produced with talent, I mean, I feel like there's going to be some guys that want to come. I really do. Especially with some key spots opening up where, Hey, I can get there and play for Lane Kiffin's offense. He'll, he'll help me produce and help me get to the next level. And it's not like Ole Miss is going to completely de-emphasize high school recruiting. That's not what I'm saying. They're just going to sign potentially smaller classes, especially this December. It could be like 15 guys. But Ole Miss is exciting right now. Avery Johnson, he's a 2023 on-three consensus four-star quarterback. He was in town for the Texas A&M game. And I talked to him. He couldn't have been more excited about what Ole Miss was and is and the potential fit he has there. And he told me, I love the coaches, the offense that Ole Miss runs. I think it would be a great fit for me. I'm excited to see how they do the rest of the season as it plays out. He has a long list of schools, but he said he exchanges texts with Ole Miss quarterbacks, coach and offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby every week. Kids want to play here. And I think Ole Miss has actually strengthened its position with Arch Manning. And a lot of that has to do with Jeff Lebby. So we talk all the speculation about Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby. And I lean more toward now, both of those guys being back next year, which if you would have asked me that or said I was going to say that in August, I said you're an idiot. But I really believe that. I think that's where it's trending because Ole Miss has made the commitment. Where is Jeff Lebby going to go? He's going to have to drop down to a G5 and make less than the 1.2 or $1.5 million that Ole Miss is going to pay him to potentially win, knowing that Lane Kiffin, yes, I'll give Feinbaum this. He is a flight risk. There is a ticking clock on him. Way Jeff Lebby sees it, hey, man. I hang around, we continue to win, and I help, or I'm the leading guy to land Arch. I'm in position to get a top 20 job. This is the faster track for me than necessarily waiting around uh, or going to another offensive coordinator job somewhere else, dropping down to a G5, potentially winning enough to get noticed by a top 20 job. This is the faster path. Yeah, it all makes sense. I mean, I think Ole Miss is going to do everything they can to keep both of them. Um, you know, you just have to see what comes available, man. It's just weird, man. You don't know who's going to get fired. You don't know what's going to be out there. Um, that's right. But, but I think he Well, that's an he, interesting thing too, though, because if you look at the openings, there aren't a lot of good candidates for all these openings. If Ole Miss had to make a hire right now, if Lane Kiffin left, who makes sense? Who makes sense? Billy Napier? He didn't really talk to him the last time they did a coaching search. He might be ticketed for Arizona State. USC's talking about Matt Campbell and James Franklin. It's going to be James Franklin, most likely. Penn State. Maybe Dan Mullen, if he leaves Florida or gets fired from Florida. Florida will be talking to Matt Campbell. It's the same collection of guys. There's not a huge pool of candidates. Luke Ficknell is another guy. And you're seeing guys stay. Like Flex stayed at Minnesota. So if you're Ole Miss, what are the obvious candidates? That's what I'm curious about. Oh, you wouldn't hire Jeff Levy. I'm not campaigning for anybody. I do not care who Ole Miss hires. I want Lane Kiffin to be the head coach forever. He's awesome. Not only for the on-field product, but for business. If you have to think about this, because it is a reality. Do I think he's leaving this year? No, but this is a reality. He's not going to be here forever. Who are the obvious candidates that make a lot of sense? So if you're putting yourself in the perspective of Jeff Levy, to where last year, I got to go get a job. Devastating family stuff happens and you have to stay. You get a pay raise, but he wasn't expecting to stay. 
Well, now the whole complexion of this job and his opportunity has changed. Is that wrong? No, I think I think you're correct, man. I think that um, his best opportunity lies here, unless it's something um, you know that that randomly pops open that that he wants to do. But yeah, man, I think he's got the he's got the he's essentially the head coach of waiting if Kiffin were to leave, and if not, I think Ole Miss is going to compensate him so well that um, you know it's going to be hard for him to leave. And Keith Carter has shown that he's committed to doing anything and everything to keep this train rolling because he knows what a good thing he has. He did the only thing he could do for a program that was absolutely down in the gutter. And that was higher lane given. All right, real quick, before we jump to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Peach Bowl CEO Gary Stoken, give me a way too early preview of Ole Miss Vanderbilt. Yeah, man, I think that um, Vandy, like, like we said earlier, Vandy is a struggling team. They have lately, though, picked it up and played a little bit better. I mean, they, they played South Carolina close. They actually played Kentucky 34-17. So just based off of how this rival has been over the years, I would really call it a rival, but I'd be calling it more Vandy being a pest old miss. Um, it's one of those games where it's going to be about energy and attitude for us. Come out there early, step on their throat, um, get after them. I think you, you'll be fine there, but you don't want to go out there with no energy and a law. Let them you know, make a few mistakes, let them get a little bit of life, and now you're in for a battle. You know, and, and, and the game gets gets to where you're playing a hard fall game all the way to the end. And, um, you know, I, I just think Ole Miss goes out there, does what they have to do. Weeks like this, you put less plays in. You go out there, you do the plays you have in, awesome. You work on base football, you work on bread and butter, and you get better at the bread and butter. So when you play the the, the, the teams that are about to be important coming up, you're good at the base plays and, and you're getting more repetition. And don't make it complicated. Go out there and physically beat them with your talent. That's the kind of week you have right here coming up. If Ole Miss finishes, and State's going to be a really tough test in the Egg Bowl, but if Ole Miss finishes 10-2 in the regular season, doing something it's never done before, where does this team stack up with the other great Ole Miss football teams? Let's not even think about the 60s national championship teams, because I firmly believe these teams would beat the crap out of those teams. But I don't want to have that discussion. I'm talking about 2015-16, 2014, Eli's 2003 team, I would still think that those teams are better, but this team will have done something that no other team has ever done before. Yeah, I agree, man. And it's crazy to think that, um, you know, if we if we beat Auburn, I think – if we beat Auburn, we went out, I think with that performance versus A&M would put us in the playoff. God. I think, I think we went out there that, that with how dominant we were versus them, a team that beat Alabama – I think we would be talking, hey, if Ole Miss wins out and Alabama loses in Atlanta, they're potentially getting that fourth spot in the playoff. I really oh, yeah. That. A one-loss Ole Miss team would have gotten in over Alabama. It's a two-loss team. I agree. No, uh, I agree are we really going to look back at this team the same way we look back at the team that lost to Arkansas because of fourth and 28 and missed the playoff because of that? Because if you win that game, you go to the SEC championship game, and then you go to the playoff. This team – Injuries just cropped up. It's nothing like a we are Ole Miss moment like fourth and 28. I think you got to view it differently, but it's still a missed opportunity in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, we caught Auburn when they were playing well. And Ole Miss was absolutely destroyed and decimated. And there were some some calls in that game that were interesting. You know, I mean, it wasn't, uh, you know, it was was an interesting game down there, to say the least. But yeah, I think that, um, yeah, if Auburn came to Oxford next week, I think we, we would crush him. I really do. Yeah, I do too. I do too. You know what I love about you? You played at Ole Miss, your dream school. You went to the NFL, played eight years, had a great career. 
still making money from your NFL career. And yet, the huge Ole Miss fan from Hernando, or wherever the hell, is still in there, marking out hard about Chris Collins, getting worked up about officiating and bad calls. God, you're, you're the biggest <laughs> Ole Miss fan I know. Dude, that's all we had growing up, dude. Like, that's, I mean, people realize that I made it to the NFL and all this cool stuff, dude, but I was raised like most kids in Mississippi. Like, this is what we did on the weekends as a family. We didn't do vacations. We didn't have the money to do all the crazy stuff, but we always had Ole Miss football tickets from the time when we were, you know, tickets were 10 bucks a ticket in the damn north end zone with the sun beaming on you. But we were down there. We were at every game. This is what we did as a family growing up. So, dude, I love it. I mean, I could tell you, you know, I'm talking to these guys and I'm telling them plays they were, they were doing and stuff. They probably look at me like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't even remember that play. But I'm like, Bradley Sal is just like every single one of you listening right now. That's hilarious <laughs> to me. 100%, dude. I mean, I, I was, this is what we did, man. So this, our family members growing up were Ole Miss football. And I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that and, um, and have that same kind of, it's kind of deal in family. That's just kind of what we had, man. We had didn't have a lot growing up, but we always had Ole Miss football. And we always celebrated the shit out of it. I bet when all those former players were back for the LSU weekend, and you were there in that room with all those guys that you just flipped out. Well, I was I was trying not to be overly fan fanny because when I meet him, they're like, "Oh man, you know, you know, talk about some yeah, good good career, all this stuff." I'm like, "But nah, dude, how about that catch versus <laughs> Alabama that you had?" You know, just stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. These guys know right away that I know who they are, and I, um, yeah, I try to make them feel pretty good about themselves as well because they are. They're Ole Miss legends, and they, they, they've made a lot of good memories around Mississippi, and it should be celebrated as such. I'm going to mark out hard if and when Chris Collins comes on this podcast. It's all been guaranteed. Oh, he, he'll be perfect for it. I, I'm, I'm going to do my best to reach out. I, I think I can, I can get him on here. All right. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe or review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars and this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast, just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of on3.com. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Peach Bowl CEO Gary Stoken. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you in a couple days. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. Before we jump to Gary on the Modern Woman phone line, let's hear from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi, that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. 
They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Gary Stoken, Peach Bowl CEO. And this interview with Gary is brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever going to actually be able to retire? Well, if so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. He specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. So give Thomas a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Gary, what's going on, man? How you doing? Ben, how's it going? Great time of the year, huh? It is the great time of the year, especially for you. It's the busy time, right? Uh, it's great to be on the road seeing such great college football games. And I think this year, maybe more so than ever, uh, November is going to be one to remember here with uh, all the great matchups like the uh, Ole Miss Texas A&M game this weekend. What all are you doing right now? What all teams are you paying attention to? What's the process like for you guys as y'all start to consider teams? And because you're always serious about it throughout the year, but now it's the busy time. So what are you really paying attention to? Well, we're working in a myriad of ways. Number one, the staff is uh, we've put together an institutional guide that goes out to all the football. Uh, uh, bowl directors uh, in all the schools that are in the top 25 right now. So they have the information they can share with the coach and the AD and uh, different constituencies in their schools to uh, start the planning process. Um, Because once December 5th hits, it really flies. So uh, we try and get out in front on that. Uh, Secondly, we've had meetings with all of the conferences, um, to talk, uh, talk them through the institutional guide to see if there's any questions regarding that. And then thirdly, uh, we've, we've met with uh, CFP to uh, talk about protocols between the New Year's Six Bowl games. And then every other week, the New Year's Six CEOs, we all get on a call and just compare notes to make sure we're thinking everything through. So a lot of background work there. And then feet on the ground, we have our um, – our ambassadors out going to games this weekend. I'm going to a game this weekend. So we're making contacts and relationships. Um, and we do it, you know, kind of fourfold. One is we talk to them about the bowl game and, you know, what questions they may have that we can help them with. Secondly, we talk to them about what potential opportunities there are for them and their interest to play in our Chick-fil-A kickoff games in the future. Thirdly, we educate them about the Dodd Trophy that we manage and operate, which is the preeminent college football coach of the year. And then lastly, we talk to the coaches about do they have an interest playing in our Peach Bowl Challenge Golf Tournament where we give, uh, we give uh, $330,000 back to the coaches' foundations and charities. Come on now, Gary. Y'all don't ever get a coach or a school that says, no, we're not interested in playing in the Peach Bowl, right? Come on. The Chick-fil-A Bowl, excuse me. <laughs> 
Yeah, we, we, uh, well, it's interesting. People are more interested, will be more interested in us next year because we host the national semifinal game versus this year where the orange and the cotton have the semifinal game. So with, with schools that, you know, have a chance to get to that final four, they're saying, Hey, you know, we'd love to come to your game, but (laughs) you know, we'd love to get that, uh, uh, you know, top four rating to get into that semifinal game. Well, Ole Miss was fired up to play in the Chick-fil-A Bowl back in 2000. Was it 14? I can't remember exactly. All the years running together, and I'm coming off of being sick, Gary. So you're going to have to excuse me on that. But um, as pumped up as Ole Miss was to be there, the visit wasn't particularly memorable because they lost so badly to TCU. But I look at projections today, and USA Today had Ole Miss in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. So really, it's fair to say that Ole Miss is in consideration for the Peach Bowl right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, to your earlier question, you know, we're out here making relationships and educating people about things. But at the end of the day, the CFP Selection Committee uh, places the teams in the New Year's Six Bowl games, of which we're one. Um, We'll play on December 30th in primetime in Mercedes-Benz Stadium on ESPN. Um, So we have to wait to see what the CFP Selection Committee uh, comes out with. uh, And we'll know when you know. We don't know anything before time. Um, we're just happy like uh, kids at Christmas to open our gifts and see what two teams will be hosting. This year's got to be a little bit different, too, because of the parity of college football. It, usually you know by now who the big four are, and I think right now no one really knows, and that goes to bowl execs, too. Y'all don't really know who the top four are, so there could be a number of options for the Peach Bowl, excuse me, the Chick-fil-A Bowl. There could be a number of options for the Chick-fil-A Bowl come time to pick a team or two teams. Yeah, I I have the position of being a swami right now because uh, I'll have a board meeting on Monday and they'll be starting questions in me as to what teams we're going to have and I'll have to play swami to say, well, if this happens, then this could happen. If that happens, then this can happen. And I said in the opening, there's more things that can happen this year than I think any other time, uh, you know, during uh, the the seven years of the CFP. So. It's uh, it's a great time for college football. You know, we're the second most favorite sport in this country. And uh, November truly, truly is owned by college football with all the great matchups. I mean, just this weekend, you know, you've got Ole Miss, Texas A&M, as we talked. You've got uh, 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 Wake Forest and NC State that have ramifications on the ACC. Um, you, you had the game last night, North Carolina Pitt. If Pitt loses, they're out of the ACC. Uh, You've got, uh, I think Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State this weekend, or Baylor, I mean. Um, So it's almost like uh, every school, Michigan plays at Penn State, every conference uh, of the teams that are ranked in the top 25 have a major matchup this weekend. And it'll happen for the rest of the the month. So it's just a, a fantastic time if you're a college football fan. So when y'all do have those conversations, those big meetings, how often is an expansion of the college football playoff brought up? Well, obviously the commissioners control that and the presidents who are, who ultimately make the decision on the management committee. Sure. Um, so, you know, we've, we've talked to Bill Hancock and, and the CFP commissioners and, uh, you know, we're just waiting to see, we want what's best for college football. Number one, and number two, we hope, uh, that, we've done enough to continue to be a part of whatever is, uh, if there is expansion, 
um, that that uh, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl will be a part of that. Oh, I would hope so. Because look, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you. But when I went and covered Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl, the Chick Fil A Bowl, I keep saying the Peach Bowl. It's old habit. I've been around college football for so long. It's just old habit, Gary. I'm sorry, but. Yeah. Being around the bowl and then going to the bowl and covering Ole Miss, it was the best experience I've had from a media perspective, which no one cares about. But I had a great time. Y'all sent us to like some little like go kart place, which was awesome, and fed us Chick Fil A all week. And yeah, y'all would easily <laughs> be in that collection. But when you think about the bowl this year and what might be different, is there anything that fans could expect to be different from the Chick Fil A game? What have y'all added? What have y'all kind of as far as going into your notes and said, okay, this worked, this didn't, this is what we want to do, anything like that? Well, a couple of things. Number one, I want you to know that we care what you think about our bowl game because oh, nice. we do surveys with everybody from media to the teams, to the administration, to the fans, to our sponsors, um, because just in the mode of continual improvement, you know, my business belief is if you stagnate, you die. So we want to continue to evolve and we we want to continue to get better. And so, um, you know, we, we, this year's game is uh, unlike last year's game because we want to get back to normal, right? Last year mm. we had Cincinnati and Georgia, number eight, number nine. And, you know, with COVID-19, there were so many capacity differences to this year. And uh, Georgia came in the night before, so they really didn't have a bowl week experience. So we just want to get back to that live, laugh, and learn is our theme for our bowl uh, teams. And, uh, you know, we want them to live great in great hotels, eat great food like Chick-fil-A, get great gifts. We want them to laugh so we have a 40-pound WWE belt uh, for Battle for Bowl Week. Every night there's a competition against each other. And then lastly, we want them to learn. So we'll take them to Children's Health Care of Atlanta where, you know, unfortunately those little kids, you know, aren't going to get out of the hospital for Christmas and some of them may never get out of that hospital. So to see these coaches and players come in during the holiday season and give back and put a smile on their face is kind of cool. And then, you know, lastly, we, we do something unique to uh, all the bowl games is you're not supposed to put both teams together during bowl week, but we take both teams to Ebenezer Baptist church and sit them together in the pews next to each other in the same church that dr martin luther king preached from and um we bring in speakers we've had congressman lewis ct vivian who unfortunately both have passed away this year andy young um and so this this year we'll bring in two speakers to talk to them about you know just life and uh uh you know how we all get along and social issues and teamwork and so it's uh it's really one of our best events. So we wanted to live, laugh, and learn and have a great week. So that's where we hope to deliver this year. Well, last thing, what makes Ole Miss appealing when you're watching the Rebels and well, considering Ole Miss? You know, you start with your administration, Keith Carter and, and Lane Kiffin. Lane's a friend going back uh, many, many years. We've had him in our our, um, our bowl game in the past. Um, secondly, their fans, they have tremendous support from their fan base. Uh, they're ardent fans, and so they buy the tickets and they come to the event and make the event special. Uh, thirdly, their offense is just dynamic. Um, and in a bowl game, if there's a lot of scoring, it, it adds to the TV viewership. Uh, so that's great. Um, so, yeah, Ole Miss and, and competing in the SEC, you know, you get a team from the SEC, you know you're getting a really good team. So 
Um, we'd look forward to having, you know, Ole Miss if uh, the CFP selection committee decides that's the team that deserves to be in our bowl game. He's Gary Stoke and Peach Bowl Inc. CEO. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having us. We look forward to hosting you and have a happy Thanksgiving, you and your family. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.